Pasuk says in the first of Oshkayach Rabbeisah for coming. It's good to see everyone. The first Pasuk says at the beginning of next week's parsha, Parshas Mishpatim. Ve'ela Mishpatim eshetosim lifnehem. These are the Mishpatim that you should put before them. So the Ramban notes what the Pasuk uh, should have, uh, would have anticipated the Pasuk to say was, Ve'ela Mishpatim eshetosim lohem. These are the Mishpatim you should give to them. What is lifnehem before them? So from that Lashon, uh, the Gemara derives two important halachas. The Gemara Masech Lizgitin derives from the fact that it says that you should place before them, means specifically before Klal Yisrael. These are the Mishpatim you should give to Klal Yisrael, not to Oivdei Kachavim, meaning which is uh, the source for the use of appearing before a, uh, a non-Jewish court. Before Smuchim, um, before those who have smicha ish mipi ish from Moshe Rabbeinu, and not before hediotis, not before laymen. So which all of our dayanim nowadays would uh, be categorized as hediotis, uh, because no one has uh, smicha from uh, ish mipi ish from Moshe Rabbeinu has been lost a long time ago. Nonetheless, the Ramban writes, even though these two halachas are learned out from the same pasuk in the Torah, before uh, the smuchim who are Yisraelim, and not before a secular court, but before laymen, the Ramban points out there is a difference between these two halachas. If one accepts a hedyot to be a dayan, that's fine. You can accept whoever you want to be a dayan. But you cannot accept a, uh, to be judged before, uh, adjudicated before a secular court. says the Ramban, You're not allowed to accept to be judged um, by a secular court. Even if our uh, halachic system, the Havdil, is the same as their uh, law with regards to this specific uh, issue, nonetheless, one is not allowed to be judged, you're not allowed to accept to be judged, before a secular court. Why should there be a difference between these two halachas if they're learned out of the same pasuk? Before smuchim, and not before layman, but you can accept the layman to be a dying for you, but you cannot accept learned out of the same pasuk, you cannot accept a secular court uh, to be judged by a secular court. Why should there be a difference? So Rashi and the Rambam both uh, perhaps give us a hint as to why this is so, because Rashi tells us in that pasuk, whoever goes uh, and has a case adjudicated before a secular court is It's because it's an additional problem here. It's not just that Nachrim apostle to be a dayan. The problem is, if you go and you uh, have your, court, your uh, case adjudicated before a secular court as opposed to before a Beisdin, so then you are uh, almost communicating or indicating that you believe the halachic system to be inferior or incapable of dealing with your issue. And, uh, or inferior to the secular court system. And therefore, it's a problem of Mechal uh, Hashem. The Rambam also uses that st- strong language, Russia, It's a challenge and a rebellion almost against the halachic system. You're indicating that it's inferior or inadequate uh, as opposed to a, uh, a secular uh, law system. So that's why one cannot accept a, a nachri, or you cannot accept a secular court to adjudicate your case, even though you can accept a hedyut, cannot accept a secular court, because it's uh, giving credence to a competing system, and it's uh, <laughs> almost indicating as if you're stating that uh, our system is inferior or inadequate to that system. When so it's a problem of chil Hashem. Are you referring to the judgment or the enforcement? Because the system. 
the system. Yes, well, there'll be a difference. Correct, correct, correct. You, I, you will get to your. You're being sensitive to an important distinction, and we'll get to it, Amir Sashem. Even if the laws are the same, but you're going to a different system. Why are you going to a different system? Because our system is inadequate. That's the implication of what you're doing. And that's why it's a chil Hashem. For that reason, uh, let's say, um, I'm sorry, for that reason, let's say you are, um, I'm sorry, for that reason, even if it's a Jew who's, let's say, sitting behind the bench or in the robes, it happens to be a Jewish judge, or even if the whole system was, um, was uh, contrived by Jews, it doesn't make a difference. It's still a competing system to halacha. The Chazanish makes this point over here, I say the second part of the Chazan, the second paragraph. Even if the judge is Jewish, or it's like the Israeli court system or law system, which was composed or contrived by Jews, it doesn't make a difference. It's still a competing system to Halacha. Says the Chazanish to go to an Israeli court, which is not, I mean, Halacha was somehow in their, maybe in the back of their mind, but that's, it's not a Halachic system at all. Here, Jews showed that the halachic system was, in, was not inadequate for them or inferior, and therefore they contrived their own uh, system entirely. So the Chazanish says that would be included, since the reason why you're not allowed, or primarily the reason you're not allowed to go to a secular court to accept them to be a darn for you is because it's a chil Hashem, uh, because what you're indicating about the halachic system. Uh, so that therefore it ha- makes no difference who the Dayan is or who contrived this whole system of laws, as long as it's a competing system to would be uh, would be the same chulash, it might even be worse. For the same reason though, <coughs> by the same logic, the Arach HaShulchan um, writes, and this is the opinion of the Shach, he's just reiterating the opinion of the Shach, that if let's say the Dayan is not judging based on a secular system or a competing system, you go before uh, arbitration, a binding arbitration, Whoever is going to decide what the, uh, what the ruling should be is going to do so based on Seichel, not based on a competing system. So the Rechashulchan says, if you do that, there's no problem. The Rechashulchan, at the end of the, of the line, after the v'chulei, he's talking even about a nachri. If you accept him to be an arbiter, and he's just going to decide based on what he believes to be just, not based on a system, that's fine. You can accept him to be a dine. You can accept uh, arbitration. The Tzitz Eliezer even makes the point, sometimes there are industries or professions that uh, it's understood or it's, uh, it's uh, part of the agreement of most uh, transactions that if there'll ever be a disagreement, there'll be a go before a certain arbitration board that is an expert in this area. I think the jewelry industry, diamond industry has this, that you have to go before a... Uh, um, an arbitration board that is familiar with that industry. So even if that's part of the understanding, you have to go before that certain arbitration board, but they're not deciding based on what, uh, uh, based on competing system, they're deciding based on uh, what they believe to be just, uh, that's kind of uh, ad hoc, so then that's fine, because you're not going to a competing system, even if the arbiter <laughs> will be not Jewish. The Chazanish goes even further with this uh, uh, argument of the Orach HaShulchan, and the Chazanish writes over here, I say the first paragraph, that whoever gets judged based on what, is, uh, what people consider to be just, the Chazanish says it's not only is it mutter, it's not a violation of going to secular court, it might even be a fulfillment of the mitzvah lefasha. There's a mitzvah to make pshara. Sometimes people go to a din 
and they're expecting, uh, you know, what it says in Chayshim Mishpat, or expecting a Shach, and a Taz, and a Ksais, and a Nesivis, and they come in with similar arguments. But oftentimes, the first thing you'll ha- will happen, and it's in Tyra, is the Dayan will say to you, do you want Din or Pshara? And they will encourage you to push you to go to Pshara. Many people misunder- misinterpret pshara. They think, oh, that automatically, then it's a compromise. Or I'm never, I'm not going to get what I want. But that's not what the uh, that's not the way pshara is understood by the Gemara. The Gemara over here in Sanhedrin Vavim Abayz has a machlekes about uh, pshara. Rabbi Lazar Ben Rabbi Yosi Aglili said, "Asa Livtoya, you're not allowed to make a pshara." <coughs> Why should you not be allowed to make a pshara? He says because quotes the pasuk in Parshas Devarim ki amishpat lelekimhu. That uh, judgments are supposed to be for a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Meaning, it's supposed to be based on what it says in Chesh Mishpah, not uh, what you decide is just. So the Meshachachma explains on Chumish, why is this Aser? Because you're not doing what it says in Chesh Mishpah. Why are you deciding what you think is correct? You should do what it says in Chesh Mishpah. But the other opinion in the Gemara is, and this is the way we pass, in Rabbi Shubh and Karcha, Mitzvah Livtsoya. He says, no, it's a mitzvah to make Pshara. And he quotes from the Pashuk in Zechariah, Emes u Mishpat Shalom Shavtu Bisharechem. Truth, justice, and peace, you should judge in your gates. What is a mishpat there? There is peace. That's, uh, that's pshara. How could you have peace and justice at the same time? That's pshara. Why? <laughs> I have no claim. I know the, uh, the best. So that's not what pshara means. Pshara doesn't mean it's a compromise 50 50 or let's come up with some, uh, you know, um, let's, uh, you know, come up with a deal that at least everyone can, you know, swallow. That's not what pshara is about. Why is the Mesha Chachma wrong? You, it's right. The, the argument of Asa Livtsoya makes a lot of sense. You should not be allowed to do pshara. You should do what it says in Chesha Mishpat. Why are we trying to subvert what it says in Chesha Mishpat? So Avnei has a tshuva where he says it sounds like from the Gemara that pshara is not a compromise. Pshara is a psak that's not a psak of din, but a psak of ufnimishur is hadin. Meaning what din sometimes is harsh, sometimes could uh, miss certain uh, sensitivities of things. Uh, in the halachic system, there's also not only din, there's a concept that we have in halacha called the fnimishur hadin, going beyond the letter of the law. And the psak of pshara is supposed to be a psak that is a psak of ufnimishur hadin. He quotes when the Gemara says in Masechta Sanhedrin, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdoiv, the Pasuk in Parshish Shoftim, that uh, righteousness is righteousness, you should chase after. What's the double lush and tzedek, tzedek? Echel edin, ve'echel pshara. One is for din, that's tzedek. Tzedek, tzedek, the most righteous thing to do is pshara. That's not a psak of din, that's a psak of afnim mishur sadim. But it's still a psak. It's not that it's not a psak, let's just um, you know, come to an arrangement where everybody gives a little and everybody takes a little and then uh, everyone's happy with that. That's not what pshara is supposed to be about. Pshara is supposed to be about what is uh, just based on what we just interpret in our, you know, based on all of these circumstances to be, uh, to be something that's... Um, so it's totally arbitrary. Totally arbitrary. It's totally arbitrary. Yes. Okay. Based, no, it's not arbitrary. It's what we determine to be just in every situation. There's no rules. Correct. Correct. It's not harsh, it's not, uh, because the situations are often um, fluid situations. You don't have to compromise. And the Dayanim shouldn't compromise for you. If they did, then they're not, uh, so Shara doesn't mean compromise. So what is Shara? Shara could mean, uh, I mean, in different cases, it can mean different things. But let's say you have a, an employee who damages something of a wealthy person, and then the employee barely has any money, and then, so then to include all of those circumstances within the Din, it's something that would be included in a pshara. Doesn't mean that if a guy slams into your car, you should give he should only it's a thousand dollars of damages. You should only pay five hundred. That's not what pshara is supposed to mean. 
Shara is supposed to mean is it takes into account the bigger picture. <laughs> well, it turned out exactly the opposite of the. No, he has a case where there's a ship and a small boat that has to go to dock. The That's the Gemara. That's the Gemara. That's the Gemara. The small boat has no cargo, but halachically they both have the right. The, the small Same boat right. has the right. Shara will be glad the ship to go in first. Right. That's the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a logical decision. Right. <laughs> That's why it says in the Shulchan Aruch that you're supposed to have three Dayanim from Shara. It's an Easter of Ivus Hadid, the Easter of Sheikhar by Pshara. It's not uh, all of the same rules of a Din Tara apply to Pshara. So Chazanish makes the point if you go before an arbitration board, it not, might not only be not a violation of the Easter of, uh, of uh, going to Arkar Shal Nachrim, it might even be a fulfillment of the mitzvah of, uh, of doing Pshara. <laughs> anyway, so the basic side of the Easter of going to before now Karl Shalnachum, a secular court, is that you are uh, giving credence to a competing system and you're indicating that the, our system is uh, inadequate or inferior. Therefore, the Taz writes that even if Jews make up a clause, let's say in a contract, Afilu over here, Ois Yud, Oid Nir Ali, Afilum writes as Eshi, Yaduno go Yisrael, but Ois is a Chush, Yeshel Bedina Goyim. I go before a Bezdin or I put into a, con- a clause in contract. Yes, I want to go before a Dintara, but I want all of the rights that I would have in secular court. That's also a problem. Even though you're before a Beisdin, but you're saying, I don't really want this system, or even what you would think based on a Psaq of Pshara, I want what it says in the secular law. So again, that's also giving credence to what it says in the secular law over what, it said, what we would uh, judge based, adjudicate based on Halacha. And that would also, says the Taz, be a violation of this Easter of going before our Karl uh, Shalnachrim. There is, though, a, this area is a little bit gray because there is a concept that everyone agrees to. If, let's say, there's something that's understood in the marketplace, what they call a minig hasaychrim. There's a minig amongst those uh, in every industry or every profession, and everybody agrees that that's the way we do business, so then that's what's understood. I mean, the easy example of that is a handshake. If a handshake is used to close a deal, so in halacha that has significance too. That's a minig hasaychrim. So if there is something that is understood in the industry as being the standard, so then that has validity in halacha too. At the same time, to say, well, custom, I want... Custom, the, it's called custom. Yeah, whatever the halacha is. Whatever the minigasaychrim, they call it. At the same time, to evoke a whole system of law and say, well, I wanted the whole system of laws, the minigasaychrim, that's what the Taz is protesting against. Meaning that's what the Taz says is improper. If you want to evoke one specific custom, that's the minig, and that's what I had in mind, that's okay. But the Taz says, if I want to come into Bayesian and say, I have all the rights that I want in secular court, that already is uh, to evoke a whole system. That would be too much. Okay, so that's the basic reason why uh, one is not allowed to go to secular court, even though you can accept anyone to be a die, and you cannot accept a competing system because of the implications, and it might even be uh, a chil Hashem. There are certain times one is allowed uh, to go to an arkos, or Bezdin will give you a heter to go to an arkos, and that, the source for that halacha is based on the Gemara Masechus Bavakama. The Gemara says in Bavakama that uh, there are certain idioms that people say, we have an hour time too, and the Gemara is looking for sources in, uh, the, in Tanakh for these idioms that people say. So the Gemara has a whole slew of them. So one of them is, How do we know? Do we have a source for that which people say? You called your friend or you tried to warn your friend and he didn't answer. You can take a heavy wall and throw it at him. That was the saying that they had. You call your friend, he doesn't answer, throw a heavy wall at him. So do we have such a source for this? The Gemara says, yes, we have a source for this in the Pasuk, I think in Yechezkel. I tried to be metahar you, and yet you did not become tahar from your tumah. You will not have an opportunity to become tahar again. 
So, so to over here, we tried to save you, we'll warn you, if you didn't listen, we'll throw a heavy wall at you. So the Rush says, from this Gemara, we learn out of halacha, Pasuk Rav Paltoi, Reuven Sheyesh Loi is commenting on this Gemara. Reuven Sheyesh Loi Tviya Al Shimon, Reuven has a taina on Shimon, Umisarev Lava Imaladin, he refuses to appear before a Beisdin, you have the right, if he refuses to appear before Beisdin, you have the right to retrieve your money in, uh, in secular court. Because he won't appear before Beisdin. The Rambam quotes this halacha too, a little bit differently than the Rosh, which might be significant. The Rambam in uh, Hilcha Sanhedrin, look back at Ois Dawid. The Rambam, after the comma in the second line, writes, If uh, the uh, secular uh, government around this is very strong, and he has a baldin. Who's uh, who's strong? You can't bring him into a basin. First, you should summon him or uh, invite him to a dintaira. So Ramam says, first invite him to a dintaira. If he won't come, then you have recourse uh, to go to uh, you get rishus from basin, and you have recourse to go to secular court. So the Rambam adds to the Rush that first you should be Mazman him Ladin, and then you should be Naital Rishus uh, from Beisdin. The Rush just said if he won't come, you have the right to go to secular court. The Rambam added those conditions. And that's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. First you're supposed to be Mazman him Ladin, and if he won't come, you get a hetter from Beisdin to go to secular court. The Sma on Shulchan Aruch, the Pisrei Chuva said the meaning is three times. You're supposed to be Mazman him three times. If he doesn't come after three times, you have a hetter to go to secular court. What is this heter based on? Let's say I'm out on vacation, and I try going to one store looking for a kosher meal. There's no kosher food. Another store, kosher food, no kosher food. A third store, I go, kosher food. There's no kosher food. So no one would say you have a heter now. Okay, you tried three times, you did your best, now you have a heter to eat tray for food. So how come over here, if a guy tries three times, I tried three times to be mazman in Medin, and he didn't come, now I have a heter to go to the Arkosh Shalnachim. Why should you have a heter just because you tried three times? We don't find this in other areas of Aloha. You tried three times, and you weren't able to find what you were looking for, that you have recourse to violate Aloha. So why over here is there a heter of Arkosh after three times? So Klichemda, which is a pupil safer al Chumash. The Klichemda in Parashas Mishpatim has an answer which is echoed by many of the Mepharshim, which is that what is the nature of the whole Isser here? The nature of the whole Isser is because you're giving credence to a uh, competing system to So if you tried, you did your best to bring the case before Beisdin, and the other party won't appear, you're not, giving, you're not showing and demonstrating that Halacha is inferior and adequate. You have no way of retrieving your money in Beisdin. So then, you're not making a statement by going to secular court, so it should be mutter in that circumstance to go to secular court, because it doesn't have the implications of uh, why the whole uh, Easter of uh, going to Arkosh al-Nachrim is also in the first place. So that's why there's a heter, perhaps, uh, after you go uh, three times. If that's the case, you really shouldn't need a heter from Beisden. That's why I think the rush probably felt like that. That's what the rush says. You don't have to go to Beisden for it. <laughs> If I, uh, if I know, let's say, this is a this discussion the place can have, let's say I know I have another litigant that's a non-religious party. There's no way. This guy never heard of Beisden. I say, come to my rabbi. Let's adjudicate this issue before my rabbi. Well, why would he do that? So there's no way, uh, you know, logically, the guy is saying that he would do that. So, so the Buchacharov, the Kesef Kedoshim, Buchacharov's comments on the bottom of the Mishpah, called the Kesef Kedoshim, writes, if you know that the Baldin will never appear before secular court, so then you have the right to go, uh, whenever you appear before Beisdin, you have the right to go straight to the secular court. Others say, no, you're supposed to be Mazman Him Ladin, even by a non-religious party, you should be Mazman Him Ladin, 
and you should receive a heter from Bezdin to do it. Why should you receive a heter from Bezdin? If the whole reason it's also is because of the implication of what I am really saying when I go to secular court that the Sahabach is inferior, here this guy, there's no way he's going to come uh, to a Bezdin. I know it from the get-go. Why should I have to go to Bezdin to receive a heter? So if Sternbach explains in his Shubas van Hogus, perhaps a different shot than the Klichemda, why is it that you're allowed to go to secular court just because you tried to bring him to Bezdin? So what? You tried. Why should that give you a heter to go outside? So the uh, Chubas van Hogus explains, that's why you need a heter from Bezdin. When you receive a heter from Bezdin, so then it's kind of as if they're condoning what you're doing, and they're approving of your going to secular court. So now it's not that you're going on your own to secular court, you're going with the Rishus of Bezdin. How can there be an affront to Bezdin if Bezdin is the one who told you to go to secular court to retrieve your money? So now it's part of the... Uh, the uh, the ruling of Bezin that you should go to secular court. So that's why perhaps the Rambam stresses that you should receive a heter from Bezin before going, because that perhaps is the holiest site of the heter. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Klichemda said, just because there's no uh, implicit indication. Huh? Going to give you a they do it all the time. Well, they do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. If the guy's not religious, won't appear, they'll give you a heter to go there. Well, I will get to in a second. Okay, so that's the story with a non-religious Jew. What should you do? Different but they didn't will say different things, but the Rav Sternbach recommends getting a heter first. Uh, so it says over here in the Tash Beitz, Even if you have a uh, litigation with a Nachri, you're really supposed to do it in Beisden. Why should you even have to do it in Beisden? I mean... It's hard to even understand where the Tashbait is coming from. You would think it's only if it's two Jewish litigants. So I never saw this anywhere, but I think this is a, the Tashbait really makes sense if you understand like the Ramban. We know that there are Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noach, and one of them is Dinim. What is the Mitzvah of Dinim by B'nai Noach? So that's a fundamental machlaik between the Ramam and the Ramban. It appears in the Ramban in Chumash and Parshas by Yishlach, by Shechem, that Reuven, uh, Shimon and Levi killed uh, the people of Shechem. So the Rambam explains how were they able to do that because the Shechem violated Dinim. What is Dinim according to the Rambam? So the Rambam says Dinim is They have to establish a court system in every municipality. Just to adjudicate this other six mitzvahs b'nei noyach. Birchas Hashem, Abayi Zara, Gezel, Ritzicha, Arias, so that's the whole purpose of dinim is just to enforce those sheish, the other six mitzvahs b'nei noyach. So for the Rambam, we don't understand where the Tashbeitz is coming from. They have no shaykhs to our uh, halachic system. But the Ramban on Chumash and Parshas Vayishlach, if you turn the page, the Ramban says, no, that's not what dinim is. Dinim by b'nei noyach is of al-tziva oisam b'dinei gneva v'ayna v'oisek u'schar sochir v'dinei shoymrim oines mefate ovas nezik and chayva u'chavera there's mamish bava kama bava metziah they have to know everything they have to follow all of these laws v'chayva b'chavera v'dinei mava v'leya v'dinei mekach u'memcha v'chayyaz v'hen ke'inyin hadinim shenitztavu Yisrael they have the same law monetary laws that Kal Yisrael has and included in this is they have to make court systems in every municipality to enforce the laws of Chayshim Mishpat. So according to the Ramban, that uh, Goyim are obligated in the dinim of uh, the same halachas that we have of Chayshim Mishpat, then now we can understand where the Tashbeitz is coming from. The Tashbeitz says, ideally, 
you should try and bring a, a Nachri to, uh, to a based in as well. Obviously, a Nachri is not going to appear. Sometimes you ha- you'd be surprised, but a Nachri is not, to, by and large, not going to appear uh, before uh, a based in. And therefore, you would have the same heter, just like you have any party who won't appear before Bezin, you have a heter to go to the Akol uh, I don't believe anybody goes and gets a heter when they have a dintire with a Nachri. But uh, by non-religious Jews, people will get a heter from Bezin. I don't know if the minig is to do it when you have a dintire, when you have a, every court, every litigation you have with Nachrim, the people will go to a Bezin to obtain a heter. But according to the Tashbates, ideally, should appear in Bezin. Do you know whether or not Noachides follow this? I don't know. I don't know any more than you do. I don't know. The main shadow that comes up with regards to this, though, is let's say, um, so, okay, so it's mutter to go. If you have a litigation with an archer, it's mutter to go to the archives, obviously. But what about um, if you have an uh, injury uh, situation where someone's insurance is going to cover the, you have a car accident or some other uh, incident? where the insurance is going to cover uh, one of the parties. Both parties are, are Jews, might even be religious Jews, who if they had a private litigation would take it to a basin, but now the party that's going to pay is, a, uh, is an insurance company, is a nachri. So the general assumption amongst the Paiskim is that that's considered a litigation with a nachri, not a litigation with the Israel. That's Rav Zilberstein. It, it's, you won't find this in the Chuvas, but that's the way I think it's assumed. Rav Zilberstein has this in... Uh, in uh, Rabbi Gottesman's uh, journal, Yeshurun. So in one of the volumes of Yeshurun, Rabbi Zilberstein, who's Rabbi Yashiv's son-in-law, printed this, that uh, if you have a sikhsuch with a guy who is going to be covered by the insurance, so then uh, that's considered a sikhsuch with a nachri, and you have a heter to go to the arkos. But uh, Rav Sternbach writes, again, here you should obtain a heter. Because again, Rav Sternbach thinks whenever you have a uh, possibility of obtaining a heter, it's always better. Perhaps that's the whole basis for the heter to go to arkos in the first place. What about areas that Dina Melchizedina into play and certainly dominates the issue, like criminal issues. Oh, so we'll get to we'll Criminal issue is, uh, I mean, you could petition all you want to go to a dintar, and you're not, not going to get it to happen before yeah, Basin. Yeah. But there are other issues we'll get to in one second. We'll get to in one second. Rav Sternbach recommends whenever you have a, a, a case that involves an insurance company to obtain a heter for a different, uh, for a different reason. And that is for the following. It says in Shulchan Ar- it says in the Rebbe Kiva Eger, on the bottom of Shulchan Aruch over here, Oisid Zion, Let's say a person went be'iser to the arkos. He didn't follow what it says in the Shulchan Aruch. He went to the arkos. If he gets a reward that's above and beyond what he would have gotten in Beisdin, that's gezel. That's not his money. Because it's ill-gotten gains. You got it by going to arkos. So what about, let's say I got a heter to go to arkos. Not that it went be'iser. Rabbi Kiva is talking about be'iser. Let's say I got a head to have a sifzuch with a non-religious Jew or with a nachri, and I went to a, I went to a secular court, and I got an award, or another Jew, an insurance company, I got an award that would be above and beyond what I ever would have gotten in Beisden. So the Avnei Nezer writes, you're not entitled to that money. Whatever is above and beyond what you would have gotten in Beisden, you're not entitled to it, and you can't keep it. That's why Rebbe Yah, they quote in the name of Rebbe Yashu, Rebbe Osher Weiss has this in one of his chuvists, that after you receive an award in secular court, you should really go to Beisden, and uh, validate the award uh, that you got that you got in uh, that you got in secular court, because really it's uh, it's considered to be ill-gotten gains. It's hard to understand how you are allowed to keep it, even if you got a heta to go to the arkos. How should you be allowed to keep the money? So if Sternbach has a fantastic chuva where if Sternbach explains perhaps how you can uh, keep the money. If Sternbach makes the point that first of all, let's say he makes it, this is an important point. Let's say if uh, my uh, 
my, uh, let's say I didn't have the proper edus, uh, I didn't have the proper proof that would have been valid in a Beisden to receive this reward. But if I would have had the proper proof, I would have won my case in Beisden, but I didn't have the proper proof to win in Beisden. That's not a reason, it's not a hefta to go to the Arcos, but if the case ends up in the Arcos and I win based on testimony or based on other proof that would not have been valid in Beisden, but I know I'm right, but I didn't have the proof to win the case in Beisden, Rav Sternbach claims that that's not even what we're talking about. That's not considered uh, what Beisden would... Beisden, what we're talking about is if you, even if you would have won in Beisden, you would have gotten an award that's above and beyond what they would have awarded you. So he says, if you won in secular court, you have to compare it to what would be if you won in Beisden. You don't have to compare the, uh, the levels of proof or the levels of how you won your case. But Rav Sternbach makes a further point that it could be whenever you have a heta to go to the Arcos, you have the right to keep whatever you are awarded. Because that was part of the heter of going in the first place. The Ramah says in Chayshem Mishpat over here, Let's say a guy goes to the Arkos and he loses. This happens. Now he says, oh, he says, I don't want the, 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 the judgment anymore. Now he's mazmanim ledin before din Torah. So we do not accept uh, this, we don't adjudicate this in a dintaira anymore. Once you go before the secular court, we don't accept it. Most by but they din as if this means if your judgment when the ruling came out already. Most but they din once you begin proceedings in a secular court will not allow you now to revert back to a basin. So if Sternbach explains this halacha, why? Because we're kindness you. We punish you. You went before a secular court, now you have to accept their ruling. So if Sternbach claims that that door swings both ways, that's part of the heter of going. Part of the heter of going in the first place is not just because it's not an affront to Beisden. You went with the Rishus of Beisden. It was a Beisden-sanctioned activity, which means that they are enforcing the ruling, whatever it will be. If it will be in your, you'll be, you know, to your detriment, too bad. You have no recourse in the Beisden. But also, they should swing the other way too, that if the, if the judgment is in your ruling and you get an award that's greater than what you would have received in, uh, in Beisden, you have the right... Um, you have the right to keep that award. So that's why Rosh Hashanah always recommends uh, to get uh, to get a heter. Okay, so we uh, told we explained why there is an Easter because an affront to Beisden to go to secular court. We talked about that there are certain times you could have a heter to go to secular court, particularly if one of the parties won't appear before Beisden. But there are cases, which Leslie alluded to, there are cases where uh, perhaps there's no reason to go to Beisden in the first place, meaning not just you have a heta to go to secular court, it's just uh, this was never included in the mitzvah of going to Beisden. Because the Pasuk says, <coughs> the Buchacha Ravan has in his Kes of Kedoshim on the bottom of Shulchan Aruch, the Pasuk says, Elo mishpatim asher tasim ufneim. Mishpatim are, uh, are judgments. So the Buchacha Rav says that if it's judgments, meaning there's arguments and counter-arguments, you should really be before Beisden and not before a secular court. But if it's not arguments back and forth, it's other actions that you could, uh, you could go to a court system for, so then perhaps there's no Easter of going to our coast in the first place. So the police can quote from a truva of the Ramami Panu. With the Ramami Panu, I think it's quoted by the Knesset Sagdala, the Ramami Panu is discussing a case, a person lends money, and the person who he lent the money to has money now to pay it back, but they're having a disagreement about how much he has to pay back. So the lender is afraid that the borrower is going to spend the money before he ever gets a chance to collect in Beisden. 
So he wants to make an injunction in the secular court or a restraining order. I don't know if they have such a uh, we have such yeah, a mechanism. Sure, yeah, you can do that. Uh, yeah. So he wants to freeze the assets. He's probably doing property too. He wants to freeze the assets before, uh, so that the guy shouldn't be able to spend it before it gets adjudicated in Basin. So Ramami Panu writes that that's not an ESA of going to see. You have the right to go. People obviously abuse this, but you have the right to go to secular court to issue an injunction or a restraining order. Because that's not a judgment. That's not mishpatim. That's a whole separate uh, action which will not be included. Or if uh, Chasim Seifer has a tshuva about the person who wants to register a witness statement on the record. Before uh, he plans to adjudicate in Beisden, but he wants to, I don't even know if we have a mechanism for this, but just sta- making statements on the record if there's no pending case. But he says he wants, to, now you don't want to have a pending case, I want to make a statement, to have a deposition? Yeah. Huh? I have an affidavit, Okay. So, um, so some cipher claims that that's also not a violation of uh, going to the Arkos. The Marsham is another tshuva, whereas if this is also abused, the Marsham is another tshuva that it's if, it's, if it's a chayv borer. Let's say all parties agree. I don't, know, I don't know how you ever have such a thing. He says all parties agree that the guy owes me money. The question is, I don't know, he doesn't have the assets to pay back or whatever. But there's no back and forth. There's no argument and counter-argument. A bankruptcy. We'll get to bankruptcy in a second, but... But um, there is no arguments here. So then, if it's a chayv borer, the marasham claims, then you also have a uh, you also have a, a, a heter to go to to Beisden. There is also, if it's a matter of public law, meaning we don't have a mechanism. Let's say bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is a matter of public law, or zoning. A disagreement about zoning. Beisden has no standing. Beisden could issue a ruling about zoning. It won't mean anything because they have no standing. If it's monetary disputes, you could issue, you could write a binding arbitration clause, and then Bayesden's ruling will be enforceable in court. So let's say I'm coming just to enforce Bayesden's ruling in court. So that also the place that quote from a of the Marshach. I'm just coming to enforce Bayesden's ruling in court. There's no issue of our coast there. It's not mishpatim. There's no back and forth. We're just enforcing Bayesden's ruling. But let's say Bayesden has no standing with regards to this issue, a zoning issue or bankruptcy <laughs> issue. So the place can quote from the Medrash Tanhuma. The Medrash Tanhuma comments that this is in Parsha Shoftim. The Pasuk says, <coughs> You should have judges and shaitrim, which is like uh, enforcers. So the Medrash says, If there's no way to enforce it, ain't shaifet. So then there's no, uh, the, the dying is not a dying unless he can enforce his ruling. Yeah, so Bezin can just say all they want about bankruptcy, they can say all they want about uh, zoning, that doesn't, won't have any standing. It won't be able to be enforceable at all, so therefore, uh, perhaps one would have a head to go to Beisden, because these things are never included in the first place. Is that the case when you go to Beisden? You always sign something? A binding arbitration agreement. Okay. I believe so. Otherwise, it's a joke. Right. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. What happens if someone leaves early? No cynics, what? It was that towing that everyone wants? Yeah, what? So after judgment is made, they send a binding... Arbitration agreement to the court, in which case that would have to be upheld. Let's say they go to arbitration and they go to the basement, they don't finish. So I mean, maybe totally different. Let's say someone is in the middle of a case, they get up, they leave, and they take it to the secular court. So can the basement write a letter to the secular court saying that you're not allowed to do it? I don't know. Well, how many of you, let's say, live in a country where they don't recognize... Hold on, let me just finish. So, Rabbi, say one last case. Okay, one last case I wanted to discuss is the, that of the, which Ramin Chasasha brings up, Rav Asher Weiss, in his Sefer on uh
So Rav Asher Weiss makes a very important point, and that is, let's say sometimes people want to go before a secular court, and they have no intention of actually adjudicating before a secular court. They just want to force the other party into Beisden. The other party won't appear before Beisden, so they go to secular court to scare the other party. If they won't appear before Beisden, then you have a head to go to secular court. But let's say I just want to scare the other party, or I go to say, begin proceedings in secular court just to have discovery but I don't intend on adjudicating before a secular court. So if Usher Weiss writes, just like there's a heter, that if you're not doing an action that's before Bezin, that's mishpatim, that's back and forth, there's a heter to go, so too if you are doing mishpatim, even if you don't intend to have it actually adjudicated, you just want discovery, or you just want to scare the other party, it's a scare tactic, if Usher Weiss claims that you're not allowed to do that, because you are actually beginning proceedings in front of a secular court, Unless you have a heta from Bezdin, or you tried to bring him before Bezdin uh, initially, you wouldn't be able to do that, uh, be, even begin proceedings in a secular court. Okay, we didn't get the chance to discuss lawyers and other things like that, but uh, I didn't intend for this to w- coincide with our uh, court date on Monday, but um, uh, we should use this as an impetus. Rabbi say whoever can appear for our, uh, we should have the case thrown out already, but whoever can appear uh, Monday in court would also be appreciated for the help of the shul. I wonder if you have a country where, say, uh, like, they don't recognize a base thing. Like, someone's got, I don't know if you know the arbitration system. There are countries where the legal system doesn't recognize a base thing. So, therefore, based on no evidence.